Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Govs on the Go Alumni Edition, a new podcast featuring alumni from the College of Arts and Letters here at Austin P. State University. My name is Dr. Buzz Hoon. I'm the dean of the college. I'm also the host of the podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Maxie McClintock from the class of 2002. Is that right, Maxie, 2002? Yes, yes. I am a governor. Um, I am so happy to be with you guys today. I am a graduate um, 2002. I was a theater and communications major and I am currently a working actress based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And it all started at Austin Peay State University. <laughs> oh, that is so awesome. And, and you know, we're going to get into all the all your journey and everything that, that that, uh, has led you to where you are today, but um, you know it's just so impressive your career so far. And I'm we're we're going to get into that, but um, I always like to start at the beginning because I think that um, you know as we were just discussing before we actually signed on here is you're from Alabama, you're born in Alabama, but you are yes. a, a child of the military. Uh, your parents were, at least your uh, somebody in your family was a military person. And that yeah. meant a lot of moving around probably. Absolutely. And that's really where the journey began. My dad was in the military, he was in the army, and we moved around quite a bit. You know, um, as an adolescent, we lived in Kentucky. We lived in Schweinfurt, Germany. So we actually lived in Schweinfurt, Germany for most of my adolescence. Um, and we moved to Clarksville the year my dad was um, retiring from the military, which was also my senior year in high school. So I actually am a graduate of Northwest um, Northwest high school in Clarksville, Tennessee, but I came there as a senior. So I was a new, I was new, <laughs> new to Clarksville <laughs> as a senior, which was a crazy transition. Um, but through that school, I actually got a theater scholarship to Austin Peay. Oh, so that's it, was, awesome. it was like a blessing in disguise. Well, you know, I always think that um, military children uh, have to have the ability to adapt because, you know, they're meeting new people all the time. Yes. They have new friends, new environments. And I'm sure in some ways you, you know, now that you are an actress and, and all the things that you do, do you think that may have shaped you into who you are? Yes. I've never met a stranger. You know, I'm not afraid of any um, entering into any um, scenarios with any type of people. You could be super famous. And I am the same person as if, you know, you're just my buddy from down the street. And so it it has really been helpful. It's really helpful for my, my personality, even though I'm my daddy's child. My dad's never met a stranger either. But yeah, being a military child um, allowed me the ability to um, connect with all types of people mm. on the same level. So your your dad must have had quite the personality. And so, uh, yeah. So do you think that that's something that you also sort of modeled? Uh, and what did you get from your parents that, you know, uh, early on that may have uh, shaped you into who you are? Well, I, I got from, from down to earth. So that's actually what I, I got from him. I, the theatrics come from my mom. <laughs> my mom can tell a story, listen, and she'll tell it a hundred times. And I think that um, she's very descriptive 
in whatever it is. And so it pulls you in. So I think the storytelling really came from her. You know, it's the, she's going to tell you what happened at work and she's going to give you the spatial expressions. You know, she's evaluated what the other people thought, how they looked, you know, what they said. And so it's like a combination of those two pieces, you know, coming together and, you know, then there's me. So So when did you, was there a point early on when you thought to yourself, I'm probably a performer as well, that this is something I'm probably pretty good at? Yes. So I started taking theater classes when I was in high school. So my first class was in 10th grade and um, I was really interested in it. You know, it was like one of those things was an elective. I just signed up. I didn't know anything about it. And I was just like, you know, but I took the class and I was like, I really, really love this. By the time I got to 12th grade. So when I got to Northwest High School, my my teacher there, and I can't remember his last name, but my theater teacher at Northwest was like, if you do not pursue this as a career, it's going to be a waste of talent. And that was the first time that anyone had ever um, given me praise for Mm -hmm. something that I, you know, so I knew for sure a grown up was telling me. And then he was very, um, he was very specific about it. If you don't do this, it's going to be a waste of talent. You know, that was that was profound. It was really a major shift in my life. That particular year, I had also written and um, written, directed and starred in a stage play that we produced at the school. So I was all the way in. But again, that statement shifted my life because that was when I really realized this is something I could do. Now, then it was the trying to figure out, Okay, now, how do I do it? (laughs) Right. How do I do it? So Austin P was smart enough to say, She's got some talent and we got you to come here. Um, yes. and, and so uh, you you were in theater and in communication during that time. So uh, l- let's talk about your early memories. What do you remember? What were some of the first things that you remember getting involved with? Well, first of all, I received a uh, um, Tammy Milliken Memorial Scholarship. So that um, scholarship is a theater scholarship at Austin P. And as a part of the theater program, we had to, you know, build the sets, be a part of the productions, like all, you know, all of the above. So that was the first piece. And then as a student, I mean, there's so many great memories, you know, again, because we had to be a part of every piece of storytelling. We had to go and build the sets. We had to um, do rehearsals. We had to um, be the stage manager. We had to go in, um, be a part of the, um, we go and do ticketing. So we were a part of every single piece of how a show is laid out, you know. That's, so and that's such a great um, way to understand that all those things you know, I'm sure a lot of people only see themselves as performers, but mm-hmm. having that uh, exposure to all those other areas are just ways that we're, again, putting uh, skills within your skill set that will might help you at some future point in your life. Yeah. And and it's important for you to be a part of all those pieces so that you can find out where you fit. You know, that was um, one, one of my biggest memories as a student was I always had an internship. So I did an internship. Um, I did an internship for Disney. I did an internship at the theater there, Austin P. I did an internship at the news station. Like I did an internship in different areas just to make sure I was I was clear on where I wanted to continue to build once I finished with my degree. Oh, wow, that was that was so wise of you at that time. And I yes. and uh 
you know, along the way, I mean, that's that's what a young person needs to do is kind of explore the different avenues that so they find out what might be the right area for their talent. Yeah. And and in a professional setting now, as a professional, um, each department in storytelling is very important. You know, it's make or break. The people that I'm surrounded by are very passionate about storytelling. I'm talking about the hairstylist, the wardrobe, like all of these pieces matter. You know, they matter to story because it, it's a part of making the, the audience believe. And so each person's role is vital. You cannot have a successful show without making sure that all these people are on the same page. And each person's role is I mean, it's 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 everything because if something is off, you're yeah. not winning an Emmy. You know? and, and that's true. You know, I hope that um, our our listeners and viewers realize that, you know, what we're doing is, is something that you mentioned, the storytelling idea that so many of, of what we what we do in within the arts and also I think also within humanities is we're trying to find ways to uh, tell the human story. Yes. Uh, and we can do that in a number of different ways. And, yeah. uh, and and while you were here, um, you know, I'm sure that there were other uh, students and faculty members that maybe uh, you remember having that uh, also gave you some support and and showed you uh, that they believed in you as well. Yeah, I mean, you know how it is when you're a student. I feel like I was running amok. You know, I was also an RA. Like I had a day job. I got I was trying to make all things work. But I remember like um, in the communication side, Dr. Yvonne Prather, she was always there for me. And again, we ran amok. You know, it was they were probably like, oh, goodness, these kids. I don't know if y'all going to make it or not. But I knew I was going to make it. I was like, I'm going to make it. I, you know, just help me. I'm going to go and be the you know, in this committee, in this group. And, you know, I was that person. I was involved in every little single piece. Um, Dr. Filippo on the theater side, I remember him being a very encouraging, um, you know, there, there are, there are so many, you know, people, including like, we even had like a, um, an admin, her name was Samantha Townsend, you know, that Samantha Townsend was very encouraging to me in, you know, letting me know, hey, you can do this, but it's just going to take a lot of work. Um, Sarah Gocher, the Gochers, um, Sarah's husband also worked, but Sarah Gocher was on the theater side. Um, I think she had done some commercials back in her early days. So she was a great, um, a, a, a person that I, a resource that I could go to to try to get a gauge on how it worked, you know? So all of those people are people that stand out to me. Oh, that's so great that you, you and you, you know, people of all different areas too, that uh, you, you mentioned, uh, which is, you know, what I have found very uh, attractive about this university as well, that yes. you find uh, people throughout the entire department that are just wonderful and and supportive to our students, and uh, it really is about the relationships um, because they they are invested in your success. And I um, I know that if some of them see this, they will they will be so happy to see you. Um, yeah. You were also president of uh, the NBS AERO yes. uh, chapter. Yes, um, yes, which I uh, was. Yeah, that, and that's a terrific, uh, you know, for those that don't know, that's an honor society associated with the uh, National Broadcasting Society. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, all those kind of things. You're an RA, 
Maxie, I didn't know all these things about you. You were getting the complete student experience. Yeah, yeah, it's leadership, you know, but again, um, so the beauty of all this is, you know, as a student, right, you're going to have skill sets and it's really important for you to explore all those things. I was naturally a leader. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being an RA and being um, the president of chapters, being a part of different groups, all of that was important because it allowed me a chance to uh, manage. You know, management is important, you know, even even as an actor, understanding how to work well with a group, understanding how to be a leader as well as be a follower. Like all of those things are very important. It's not just the um, the academic side, but also um, helping build good leaders because we still have to go out into the world and, you know, work with people. So Austin P was very vital because it allowed me the chance to um, explore in those different areas. The university did. So I'm very grateful. Okay. Do you remember any productions that you were part of that, uh, like maybe yeah. uh, that you could point out? Two two productions that I remember is Our House. So we did Our House and we did a play called Wiley and the Hairy Man. <laughs> and the, let me tell you, the funny thing about Wiley and the Hairy Man, um, it was, you know, we had to be um, animals, you know, that was the first time I had ever explored, you know, again, you know, it's theater, it's, it's, um, it's grand, it's, it's, you know, movement, you know, we did a Sojourner Truth, um, Sojourner Truth play, and I remember in that play, um, the character that I played did not like Sojourner, and after the play, a lady came up to me, an older woman, and she was like, you know, I am so upset with you. You know, she was so upset with me because she couldn't differentiate right. me in the character. And that's when I knew I did a great job. Yeah. Like, you know, and I'll never forget that. You know, that's like one of my fondest memories. Yeah. And it, that's, it, it is one of those things that early on, when you know you've done something right, if, yeah. if you yeah. uh, influence somebody to actually believe, to believe. That, yeah, that you were very, you know, in uh, you were that character. Yeah. Um, so after graduation, let's talk a little bit about how did you end up in Atlanta, and okay. what what happened to you after leaving Austin P. Okay, so my husband also is a graduate of Austin P. State University. Go goes. So me and my husband, um, he we went to Six Flags. We went to Atlanta to, to visit. It was our graduation present. So when we got to Atlanta, we stopped at a Kroger. And back then, uh, magazines were like a big deal. You know, like I was into reading magazines. And so we stopped by the magazine section and there was an entertainment magazine. So I opened up the magazine and there was an article about Atlanta, Hollywood. In that article, it discussed Tyler Perry Studios, and Tyler Perry at that time was really a playwright. He was doing stage plays, and he was going to build a studio. Okay. And Robert Townsend, who is a veteran actor from L.A., had just started the Black Family Network here in Atlanta. So that article stated that if you were a performer of color, Atlanta would be a good place to start. So I read the magazine. I'm like, oh my God, is this a sign? Is this a sign? You know, is this? 
it has to be you're in Kroger. And I'm like, oh my God, this is it. So that was actually the decision. Like that started the thought process of moving to Atlanta versus LA. Okay. And that's what we did. My husband, um, at the time he was my boyfriend, you know, and I was like, hey, maybe we should, you know, start our life together in Atlanta. You know, he was willing to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Maybe we can get married or something. You know, <laughs> you know, I have to. I'm always interested. How did you guys meet then? You know, there had to be, you know, something because I did not know he was a graduate. So now yeah. I need to know how you guys met here. Yeah. So my husband, my husband was popular. You know, he was the captain of the football team. He was oh. in fraternity. You know, he was like really popular. And, you know, I'm a theater geek, you know, so I was semi-popular, but not like him. <laughs> and, um, but when I, I went away to do my internship at Disney, one of my internships at Disney. So at Disney, I stayed there because they have like an internship where you're there for about nine months. So I, I went and did the internship and that was the, the first year that they were offering online classes. So I'm like, oh, this is great. I can take my last class and I can do this internship. Well, it was a crash and burn. It was a disaster. Oh. I flunked to the class. Like, I, I mean, it was just a complete disaster for me. Okay. Not a good situation. So I still had to, or maybe I didn't flunk it, but I didn't um, make, maybe I made a D, you know, it was, it was not good. So I had to come back to um, retake this class because that was supposed to be my last class before graduating. And my husband was working at the computer lab because my new thought was, okay, this time I'm going to be in the computer lab every day. Like I'm going to be so focused <laughs> on this class. Like me and the computer lab are going to be buddies, you know? And so my husband, he worked at the computer lab and every once in a while, he'd like look over from the, you know, from the screen, the screen, cause he was like in the front. And so I kind of knew him like, what is, he, what is going on here? And he had a cousin that I knew. And his cousin was like, Hey, my cousin thinks that you are a cool cat. And he really likes you. And I'm like, huh, you know, this is, this, that's interesting. So one day, but he was, he's like a person that's popular on the outside, but shy, you know, okay. a lot of popular people are like that. They're shy people. So one day I'm just like, okay, well, this guy's never going to like say anything. So let me just write my phone number down and I'll just give him my phone number. That's the only thing I'm going to do, though. I'm not doing anything else. You know, like, hey, call me. And so he did. <laughs> you know, and so from there is where we you know, started our relationship. But yeah. Well, it's a good thing that you went and, and gave that number to him or you would never have gotten together. Right. I know. I know. <laughs> he should be so happy. <laughs> he should be. He is very fortunate that, that you took pity on him. Um, yes. So how, okay, so you moved to Atlanta mm -hmm. and then what happened after you, after you got there? Yeah. So, and this is for all the students out there, the, no matter what your dream is, the first order of business is you have to be able to pay your bills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we moved to Atlanta. Um, we got jobs. Now it is, this is very important. I had a theater slash communications degree. And that is because my parents, my parents felt like I needed to have something else because when you're working in the arts, um, that's non-traditional sometimes. It's non-traditional pay, non-traditional um, type of job. So uh, more secure is the communication side. 
So me having that communication degree, that allowed me the opportunity to go and apply for jobs under the communication umbrella. So my first job working um, in Atlanta was, or landing in Atlanta was a account executive at Sprint. So it was a really nice job. You know, it wasn't like I work at a store. It was a really nice job because I had a great degree and I had a lot of experience through internships. So I didn't walk in with no um, resume. I had been working, and and this is a tip for people, for um, students. Um, Every summer, I would do a internship so that every year I had something else in a different category that I can learn about. Again, figure out where I would land. Yeah. Yes. And from the dean side, I recommend that to every young person as well. You should always be working on that portfolio. And I know Absolutely. it's hard to imagine, but it's about investing in yourself and building for the future. That's what you're doing. Yeah. And I would tell young people, people, and I tell this to my daughter, our daughter, um, as a grown person, we can see when someone has ambition. You know, it's not always about, you know, have you ever worked, you know, at this cool job? It's about the ambition. I, I can t- I can I can talk to someone and see if they're trying, you know, and that's very important. Things like internships. That is a person going out and trying to move towards what their goal is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. OK. A lot of times you volunteer. <laughs> it's you, very rare. You get your you foot in the pain. door. Right. Sometimes you do that. Sometimes yeah. you, you have to you have to be humble. Yeah, because the only internship that paid me was Disney. All the rest of them, it was like me volunteering. You know, I was working there, but I wasn't getting paid. So. OK, so you got your job. Yep. But I got a job. You, then how did you transition into acting? So acting was. I was like, okay, I have to get a job first. And then I have to figure out how does it work? So one of the things, I didn't know anyone in life that was a professional actor, period. I never knew anyone in real life, but I knew that it could happen because I'm watching, I'm I'm going to theaters and I'm seeing people there. So I'm like, okay, they've done it. So the first thing I did was Google it. You know, I use my resources. I didn't know anyone in Atlanta. I'm like, okay, let me Google and see if I can find some auditions. Let me figure it because I did know that you have to audition to get roles. So I started doing that first. And maybe six months into living in Atlanta, I booked my first role. Wow. And it was, I Googled, um, I think I was using Craigslist. You know, I didn't know anything. So I'm like, let me try to just Google it and see Craigslist came up. There were different auditions and I started going places and auditioning. Once I started auditioning, I started meeting people. The people around you, they know what to do. Mm-hmm. People that have been here longer than you, they know what to do. So I started asking them, how do you, how do you get auditions? How does it work for you? And so they were giving me insight. And then I started taking acting classes. Now, remember I have a degree but I'm also taking classes so that I can get to know other people that are passionate about what, what it is that I do. So I would take like little individual classes here and there and meet more people. Oh, you mean, so you, you haven't learned everything about acting already? No, 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 no. There's always, always, there's always something new to learn in life in everything that we do. 
Yeah, and and I hope people understand that 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 it is a continuing el- evolution and growth period for people. Um, but I, I like that you have this great dream, and, yes. and so it's how you're going to make that into a reality. I think that's just a, you know, and and, uh, and, and along the way you you continue, uh, which is a, a great humble uh, way to think about it as well. You ask for help. Yes, yes. You have to be willing to ask for help. You have to be willing to understand that um, everybody is in this together. Mm. Um, There are people that are in front of you that are going to be behind you. You're going to be in front of people. Then you're going to be behind them. Like all of those things are themes for artists (laughs) and and things people need to understand about being an artist. Um, I, I think as a student, the thing I didn't know. So when I when I entered into the world of theater, I thought that was going to be my life. Actually, <laughs> television that wasn't something that I thought would be the lane, and it was because I, you know, that wasn't that wasn't what my degree was in. You know, that wasn't really what the basis of the training. But you know, theater is. A lot of theater people are on television, you know? So when I got to Atlanta, Atlanta is a television market. So they like theater people because we understand story. We understand character development. So it was was an easy transition, but it's just, I had to get into the market and really learn how it worked, learn how to get auditions. I had to get an agent. Like I had to learn the business. And that's something that takes time. It takes patience. Um, and it, it takes a real love for what it is that you do. Because it takes a long time. You know, yeah. we're talking about 20 years later. <laughs> yeah. which, is, which is a wonderful, now looking back, we, we know that there's success at the, at, at, during this period of time. But at some point, going to additions, you must have, um, you know, just thought to yourself, okay, how many more am I going to... Because there's a lot of no's, and I'm sure you heard lots of yeses along the way, but you also hear some no's along the way, and you have to believe in yourself and what you're doing. You have to believe, and you have to. I I will be a performer forever. You know, like it's a this is a lifetime commitment. Okay, so there's that. I also believe in myself. So I know that there's always going to be a story that I can bring life to. There are so many no's that it's almost laughable because <laughs> you got to have thick skin. I audition in, on average five to six times a week. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot knows but that's me and everybody else across the country we're all the same you know so it's not it's not something that's just unique to me do you have some funny stories about auditioning yes i have oh do i oh my (laughs) goodness oh goodness i mean where do i start you know um (laughs) i have a funny Tyler Perry audition story. Yeah, I like so, that. Oh goodness, this is so embarrassing. I mean, but this is this is honest and this is true. So, I'm a mother. I'm a wife. Um, I Tyler Perry owns a. It's like a um, an old military base, 
So you're familiar with military bases because you know you live in Clarksville. So with military bases, there's a visitor center where you get your your um, your sticker, which you you know so they can confirm your identity, and then you go through the gate, mm-hmm. and then you enter into the um, the facilities. So his setup is very similar for his studio. So for his studio, I had an audition, and with these auditions, um, right now there's a trend for you to to tape online. It's called self-taping. But when I first got to Atlanta, we were still doing in-person auditions. Okay. So it's like everything you go, you go there. So this particular day, it was a it was a, a snow day. They were afraid the snow was going to come in. And my daughter at the time was maybe like seven. And a seven-year-old is old enough to be at home if you run across the street and go to Publix, but not old enough to stay at home if you need to go an hour away, mm-hmm. you know, or if you have business that is going to take about an hour. So her being, so the audition that I had happened at the same time as the school closure. So I'm like, okay, what do I do? You know, so I'm like, okay, well, I'll just bring her with me. You know, this is a one-off. I would never do this, but this is the situation I'm in and I'm going because I, you know, want to work. You know, I need, I need, I need to get. So I get, I get there and I go to the gate and I'm like, Hey, I have an audition. And the guy's like, okay, great. Here's your pass. Boom. So now I'm like maybe 20 minutes before my audition, I'm feeling good. So I pull up to the gate and they're like, well, she needs a pass as well. So I'm like, oh my goodness, no. So I got to go back, you know? So my heart is beating fast now because no one wants to be late. You know, we yeah. always be early. You know, it gives us time to relax. It gives us time to try to get into character. So I get back to the gate and I'm like, um, I need to get a pass for her really quickly. And so the guy's like, well, this has never happened before. No one has ever brought their child <laughs> to an audition. Oh, so I'm on. like, oh God, I'm the first, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh God, you know, this is so embarrassing. He's like, I need to call my manager to see if I can get approval. So now my heart is beating because I'm like, okay, now the time is dwindling down, you know, so maybe five minutes before my audition, they get everything cleared and I get back to the gate. So as we're going to the gate and I drive up to the location where we're auditioning and I finally get there, maybe it's a minute before my audition. So I'm like, now I'm still panicking because again, I, I you give your, your lot some time so that you can just relax and kind of get into character. And so as we're pulling up, my daughter's like, my stomach is hurting. I need to use the restroom. And so I'm like, okay, really quick. You know, so I go to the secretary, like, Hey, I'm here for my audition. And my daughter needs to, your daughter, you know, I'm like, Oh God, right. Your daughter, she needs to use the restroom. And she's like, well, the restroom is behind this um, security gate and you'll need to go with her. So I'm like, okay. So we get into the restroom and I'm panicking at this point, okay? Mm-hmm. Because my daughter is like, oh, oh, I'm not feeling well at all. So she's in the bathroom blowing it up, okay? I'm talking about, I'm like, oh, goodness. So at the same time, I'm standing there in the restroom. It's like a two-staller. The casting director, who I, you know, I auditioned with for many years, came into the restroom. But remember, my daughter is in there with a stomach bug. Okay, so it wasn't a pleasant experience, but because no one brings their children, it looks like I had the stomach bug 
And now I'm standing there washing my hands. And it was such a um, unpleasant aroma that she immediately turned and left. And so, of course, I'm devastated and embarrassed, okay? <laughs> you know, so it's like little fun things like that that happen, you know, occasionally where we're completely embarrassed um, and probably, you know, she probably doesn't even remember it now. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a funny story. Maybe if a future who knows a TV episode or something that would come out of that. Right. I mean, it was just so embarrassing, you know, it just, uh, oh, it was so much. but I mean, I've had so many, Oh, I have another one. If yeah. we have time. Yeah. Absolutely. So I am, I've, I've, I've been a graduate for 20 years, but I'm also fake 27, you know, so I still audition for roles that are um, younger than what I am. Okay. So my agent called me, I had an audition for a, a, a show and the show's really popular and, and their dance is involved. And I auditioned for a character and I auditioned multiple times for this character. So usually once you have an audition multiple times, you know for sure that you're being considered for the character. So my agent called me and, and the, actually the show was like about a dan dance, right? Um, Soul Train, actually. And my agent called and she said, hey, can you dance? And I'm like, yeah, I got the move, you know, like, <laughs> what? And she's like, okay, great. The casting director wants you to meet them at this dance studio for this last leg of the audition. So at this point, I'm getting nervous because the character that I was auditioning for, it said 20s, okay? 20s, okay? And I remember I'm fake 20s. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, this is serious, you know. So I get to the dance studio, the the um the choreographer, he had on hammer pants. And so I'm like, oh my God, this is about to be very, this is gonna be strenuous, you know. I can tell because if you have on hammer pants, you are a sir. So we get in there and the other people that were being considered, they were in their 20s for real. They had the endurance, you know. Mm -hmm. So we're in there, you know, we're doing all the dances that we choreographed. So by the like fourth round, the real, the real deal started shining through. You know, I'm in there. <laughs> so of course they're like, thank you. Thank you, Maxie. You know, next. Oh, and I was so embarrassed. And I said, well, somebody please call my husband. I was so listen. I, so when I got home, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go through my resume and I'm taking off everything that has endurance. Okay. <laughs> I can do a twenties type of thing, but I, if it has anything to do with motion, running, the jumping, then we need to, because the real deal is going to shine through. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. I, I tell you, you, you have a potential for a, a TV show right in your life. I would watch this. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. You know, it's so funny because I tell people, you know, there should be a reality show about the journey because mm -hmm. really that's where the humor is. There's so much humor in the journey. I laugh every single day about something random. You know, now we do self tapes. So we tape ourselves auditioning. And sometimes every once in a while, there'll be like a little flub where I have submitted. And maybe this has happened twice. And these are hundreds of auditions where I have submitted the flub versus the audition you know so it's me telling my husband what are you doing you know or something like that instead of 
you know, whatever the audition is. So it is really, really funny. It's like the wrong text to somebody where you've sent it and thought, exactly, okay, exactly. And, and, it's, you. and when it's sent, it's sent. So. <laughs> well, let's talk about some of the, the projects you have been involved with that you're really proud of and, and uh, glad to, that you're associated with. Yeah. So at this point, I feel like, so let me, let me, let me explain to the audience about um, the journey, right? So when, when we start this, you, you never know where you're going to land. Um, so all we are doing is we're putting ourselves out there and we're like, okay, I pray that the right stories come to me. Okay. When I was a student, I remember someone came up to me and was like, you know what? You look like somebody that'll do kids movies. I was I was already at the time and I was standing outside and I, you know, someone says something that to you like, what? You know, like, I didn't know my face looked like that. And at this point, I I do happy movies. I do things that are I, I feel like in that wholesome category. Um, Alvin and the Chipmunks. I'm a part of that franchise. Um, I just did this past Christmas. I was starring in a, a Lifetime movie. Um, I did a Hallmark movie. You know, it's like content that is wholesome has been something that has been reoccurring in my life. And that is something that I'm really proud of um, because it is content that I can watch with my parents. I can watch with my child. You know, when I go to school to for career day, I'm proud of the type of content that I have to show. Hmm. you know, and in this season of my life. And, you know, that it must be something about your spirit that just reflects it, because you obviously have success in that area too. So, yes. so that must just be part of, of your DNA. Yeah. Yeah. It must be. Cause again, it was identified. You know, I remember I was just standing out there thinking, I wonder why that would be the thought, you know, but there's, there is something about my essence and there's something about my face. You know, there's a, a joyousness, you know. Now, I have worked on other things that are a little more gritty, like Ozark, you know, things like that. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I was going to ask that's... you about that. It's my wife's favorite TV show. And I can't I, I cannot. It's it just is too for me trying to watch that. It is just so uh, impactful. I, I, I just I can't watch it. It's very gritty. Yeah. You know, it's very gritty. Um, and I booked a pilot on that. So I did season one, episode one. Um, and then we, we shot it a couple of times because when you're doing the pilot, they're sometimes they're trying to figure out the tone, you know, because they've never done it before. Right. So it's like, all right, we got to adjust this, adjust that because we got to get the vision right. Well, um, so uh, how do you think you are now 20 years into after Austin P, how do you think you've evolved as an actor? You know, what kind of um, what's still out there that you want to do? I mean, you've got into producing. Yes. Yes. So I've gotten into I'm, again. I'm really um, I really have a passion for story. So like I feel like me and my passionate friends, we are, have a thesis every, you know, every week about this show and that show. Um, I've produced um, some some things like I produced a short called Soul Fire. I executive produced and I started it and it won, oh, it won so many awards. Um, it, 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 it was 
it was something that was definitely a, a highlight of my journey so far. Um, in the film festival circuit, you know, like I, I won the Jack Daniels Real to Real program, which it was a program where they were trying to find new storytellers of color. Mm. And I was the I was the winner, <laughs> you know, so um, and they did a commercial series with me, you know, so it, it was something that was very, very, very um, fulfilling because, again, I was a part of crafting and creating and carving out the story and the world and all the pieces of the puzzle. Um, but where I am now, so I've learned a lot about the business, you know, so I know I know pretty much everything, again, because I'm always a student. I've never stopped learning. Um, and I accept what it is to be a artist. But when I, I think when I was a student, I, I was telling somebody earlier, when I was a student, I remember, and I think it was Dr. Gocher, she told me that prepare to live in your car. You know, she told me that. And I remember as a student, I didn't understand that. I was like, I don't get, why would you, you know, but as- Not a great thing to say the young person, like, what? That doesn't sound like fun. Right, right. But that's, that's an honest statement. So this is what I will tell students, okay? As an artist, especially as an actor, a big piece of my job is waiting on a yes from someone else. Mm. Because these creators, they have a vision, but you have to fit into the vision. You, you have to be a match because they have to serve the story first. That's their first job is to serve the story. So it's not personal. The no's are not personal. You know, they, I'm sure they love me. I'm, I am a light, Why you know? They? <laughs> but course. I am not a fit for every single story. I'm not. Right. There is someone else where that role was made for them. So there's a reality there. That means that you're not going to book every single role. And that's with the most confident person in the world. I'm confident. I, I 100% believe in myself, okay? But I also know that I'm not a fit for everything. The landscape though has changed from when you know some of my professors were out in the industry trying to make it what has changed is one the way that we audition we audition now i audition here in atlanta 95% on tape mm. that was something that that wasn't even an option back in the day and so you had to allow time to travel. Even when I first moved to Atlanta, we were going in person. So if you, let's say you had a day job, auditions come in and they give you about maybe, let's say two days notice. So you have to work around that. And I remember I told you I auditioned maybe like five times a week. So imagine five times a week, you got to tell your job, hey, I need to go here and I'll go there. So a lot of actors back in the day, they would, be servers or you know something that's really flexible where they can switch out their schedule with someone else that works with them and their job is not a, a job where if they're not there the business is going to fall apart nowadays 
because of the self-tape and because of online jobs, people can have a more balanced life. You can have an online job and still be a working performer because you can do all the things from your computer. So you just record there at your home. Exactly. Okay. Huh. And again, because I'm not getting in the car every five, you know, and all, I don't have to work around that. Which again, you know, you have to find jobs that can work in that, just in that little circle, be a server, or just something really flexible, low pay. You know, you can have an online job and do this. So a lot of performers that I know at different stages, you know, people that are um, season regulars on shows or reoccurrings on shows, doing different movies. Some of them have computer jobs to supplement the income. So we, so we don't, in Atlanta, we don't have a wave of people living in their car. So that has changed, you know? I hope for the better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it creates a more balanced life. So Maxie, and I appreciated all your, what you had to say um, and shared with us, you know, part of um, your dream as a young person has been realized in so many ways. What part of your dream is still out there that you're, because I'm sure you're going to accomplish whatever part that you uh, want to, what's it still out there for you? Um, I, it's a tricky question because I always have a new dream. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never, I always reevaluate. It's like spring cleaning, right? Mm-hmm. Once you reach your one goal, it's like, okay, now I need, what I would like to see is I would love to have a season regular on a television show. That's something that I've never had, you know, or a starring role on a, a television series. You know, I would love to have that. But again, I, what I surrender to is I surrender trying to, when I get an audition, say, this is it, because I'll be doing that all day long. It would drive you crazy, right? So I surrender and say, whatever is supposed to be, I surrender to that. You know, I, I just completely surrender. Um, the additional things that I would like to that I dream of is um, a bigger platform to inspire. You know, I, I am, I'm definitely um, a resource for, you know, when people meet me, I know a lot about how things work and I'm a very open and honest, but also hopeful. You know, this is a very, very tough job because it, it's only a certain personality set that first of all can um, handle the amount of rejection and not take it personal. <laughs> and then there's politics. You know, there is politics within this job. It's not just about, are you a great actor? You could be a great, like I could come in and kill the role, but if someone else who has more followers or someone else who is more established, but maybe they didn't kill the role as much. If they come in, which can elevate the press for the film, they may get hired over me. 
And I have to not take that personal. Right. And that has happened. Mm. You know, so it's a certain personality set that can handle this type of career. And that's why I'm very cautious with people about um, encouraging them to do this. I only encourage people that this is what they have to do. There's nothing else they would rather do than this. That's the right person for this job. And it can be done. You know, that's the thing. It can be done. I'm an example. You are. I'm an example. That's, yeah. and, that, and that's the that's the reason for this podcast is to have that sort of a, a inspiration and aspiration for our young people. Yeah. And it also allows us to connect the dots. I am a governor. So that means that this information is going out to young people that can reach out to me that are governors. We are connected to the same unit. You know, I, I will help another gov, you know, because, because they're a part of my family. That's what mentors do, you know? That's right. I can't do the work for anybody. (laughs) I can't do the work for them. But what I can do is I can give them tips and tricks on what it is that they should do, what they should be looking out for based on what it is that I know. Our last question, Maxie, for you is recommendations that you might have for a young person, much like yourself 20 years ago, coming in, and I hope that they understand, be involved. Yes. So what I would recommend is, first and foremost, another new thing that happened that wasn't there when I was, was a young person is social media. Don't be afraid to put your stories out there on social media. Um, I know a lot of creators that have emerged through social media. They are YouTube stars. They have Mm -hmm. stories on YouTube. They're creating things on TikTok, on Reels. Um, If you are a creator, don't be afraid to create that way. Um, I was having a an industry conversation with someone about um, producing movies versus um, producing YouTube series, right? A young person is very extremely expensive to produce movies, millions of dollars to do a low budget movie, right? But a YouTube series, you can do that for um, a really uh, small amount of money. Um, And off of these YouTube series, some of these creators have made a mark for themselves because if you're a great storyteller, you are a great storyteller. It doesn't matter, even if you're on the cell phone, you know, if you're a great storyteller, it's gonna shine through. And so we were talking about how young people, because they know how to use the technology so well, like I think yeah. that's the part where when you're getting old and you fake 27, you're like, okay, that's this technology is so fast. And I'm like, asking my daughter, how, now how do I do this? But you know, young people, they know what to do. Do that. Do it well. And then I would say get to a place where people are doing what you want to do. So if you want to be a, a you want to be in an orchestra, go to a place where they have an orchestra. If you want to be an actor, go to a place where there are actors and they're producing shows. Go to New York, L.A. or Atlanta. Um, so as an artist, you go where the community is, because once you have access to the community, 
again, just like me, I got here, I Googled, you know, so I just base level, didn't know anybody, right? From the Google, I met people. I'm like, hey, real quick, how did you get this audition? Or do you know of another, you know, you ask questions because you have to insert yourself into the environment so that you know who's who and you know how to play the game in whatever that city is. And then don't take anything personal. Again, this is a job where they have to serve the story first. I know some very successful directors and producers, but they're not going to just randomly put me in their, their movies because if I don't serve the story, then they have not done their job. It is very important for them to serve the story that is on the piece of paper in front of them. I am not a fit for every single story. I'm just not. And that is okay. You know, and then the uh, the last piece of advice is, you know, you have to believe in yourself. I am not young, but I still it doesn't matter. I don't have a time limit. I, I hear a lot of young people, they have a time limit on things. They say, well, if I haven't made it by 25. Like you're just getting started. You There's never an age yeah. limit on storytelling. When I go into a set, Jason Bateman is, you know, he's, he's the um, director and star of Ozark. He's older than me, you know, but he's the, star, you know what I'm saying? Like there's no age limit to story. No. You know, like if there's no age limit, there's no, there is none. And again, because of the technology now and you can have a balanced life and you can have a gig on the side, you know, a lot, some people are doing Uber, you know, they, there's ways for you to make money. So you're not an artist living in your car anymore. It just, you know, you just, you have to keep the dream alive and remember that there's always a role for you. In Atlanta, there was a movie called, um, uh, um, Black Panther, of course, it was the you know the biggest hit ever, right? Black Panther, and one of the one of the main or not main characters, but one of the characters was the mother, and she's like ninety something years old. She booked a role at ninety something years old, you know. She's not thirty. She's not thirty five. She's not twenty two. She's ninety something. So you can tell stories forever. Yeah. Good point. I'm so glad that we had this time to talk. It's been great. And and next time you're in, in uh, Clarksville, um, you know, I, I, I hope to see uh, you, your husband. And I don't know if your daughter will make the next trip, but uh, so great to catch up with you. Yeah, it was great. I'm so thankful for you guys um, chatting with me. And again, if there is, you know, anyone out there that would like to reach out, you know, feel free to. I'm out in the social space, um, Maxie McClintock, and that's on, you know, all, all the social spaces. And, I, you know, something I didn't uh, mention, but it is important. Maxie is my maiden name. So that is my last name. So oh. as a student there, um, people knew me as Shatoya Maxie. Shatoya. So, okay. Yes, but Maxie is my maiden name. Okay. So now on screen, my name reads as Maxie Shatoya McClintock. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I will from now on call you Shatoya because I feel yeah, like, sure. yeah, okay, I am. Well, it's, it's been a great time talking with you. And, uh, and again, you're always welcome here on, on campus and we, we can't wait to see you again. Oh, thank you so much.
And I enjoyed to- you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to our listeners and viewers out there for checking out the podcast. We hope that you will join us again as we continue to profile some of the outstanding alumni we have in the College of Arts and Letters here at Austin P. State University. So until next time, stay safe, take care, and God bless.